Hello. Welcome to episode four of Follow the Pharynx. I'm coming to you live from my little nook next to the fireplace, and my husband is about to start a fire, aren't you? But is it live, though? Because we're recording it. I'm not coming to you live. I'm coming to you recorded. (laughs) Micah has corrected me. It's live right now for me. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Um, This episode today is called What Makes a Home. And starting things off with my bits and bobs section as usual. Our word of the week today, folks, is keen. Keen. Here in England, people use this word all the time. Can you can you say keen in a sentence, Micah? Um, I'm keen to discuss my beans on my toe. <laughs> I'm not sure how well the audio is coming through because I'm just using crappy computer audio. So he said, I'm keen to put these disgusting beans on my toast, which is another thing that people do here a lot, which is, why do you have baked beans? Baked beans with everything. Okay, you might actually need to wait to make a fire because I think it's probably ruining the audio. <laughs> um, yeah, they put baked beans on everything here. And they say things like, I'm quite keen to try that. I am not quite keen to try more beans. Recipe of the week, um, another one from Half Baked Harvest. You'll see that I use her pretty much exclusively. Um, She has these really, really good uh, Dan Dan noodles. She calls them better than takeout Dan Dan noodles that we made this week. It's a really simple um, sauce, actually, and I usually have all those ingredients on hand, so it's nice to make in in a pinch. Current read, The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turton. I'm currently rereading this book. It is really good. It's this guy's debut novel, and I highly recommend it. That is all. The latest hike. Um, We didn't do any walks this last week. We actually just got back from one today that I didn't write about when I wrote this post a few days ago, but... Um, We've been preparing for Christmas and also traveling soon to meet some friends in Milan and Prague. Woohoo! You know who you are! Um, Below are photos of our hike in Exmoor National Park from a while back. I think we did this back in September, like our second week here in England. Uh, The first photo is of a wild pony and its mare and it's adorable. And the second photo is a Bronze Age bridge called the Tar Steps. Yeah, yeah. Is Bronze Age? Yeah, it's Bronze Age, confirmed by the archaeologist. Wildlife spotted. We have been seeing this big, fluffy black cat a lot and just realized, or we're just told by our neighbor, Julie, that she's fostering it. So, all right, here on to the blog post what makes a home (laughs) all right i'm i'm writing this sitting from my couch curled up under an old gray wool blanket 
My dad bought this blanket for a few pesos in Mexico back in the 80s. It is now one of my most prized possessions. With it comes reminders of home and a family I love. As Christmas is approaching, the homesickness has been real. My parents sent us a Christmas gift, and even seeing their handwriting on the package brought tears to my eyes. While the homesick feelings have been more potent with the holiday season, we've felt them keenly since our move here. We anticipated missing the Midwest, but not to this degree, and it's caused pause for reflection. What makes a home? I've never put down roots in a more beautiful place than Devon. I've had such amazing intimacy with my husband and felt a renewed freedom to pursue hobbies slash form new habits here. <laughs> Micah raised his eyebrows at me when I read that. Um, I've <laughs> I felt an odd completeness within my more simple country life. And at the same time, I felt completely unraveled. I've wondered who I am without all my people and things. I've asked myself several times, what kind of insane person would sell all they own, leave everyone who loves them, and willingly enter a state of complete and constant ambiguity? Me. I did that. Being completely out of my depth here has made me realize that home is familiarity. This week, I spent 45 minutes in a line at the post office to be told I couldn't post my mail without a stamp and could not buy the stamps there at the post office. I've been in England three months now and am not yet savvy enough to buy a freaking stamp, people. The feeling of incompetence here is so present, it fogs my vision sometimes. Stores here are impossible to navigate, or at least they were a few months ago. We went to four before finding out where to buy light bulbs. I mean, really. Nothing makes one feel more stupid than moving to a new country. We only just stopped using the GPS to get to and from uni and work. There really is nothing that says I'm home more than being able to actually get there without a map. Incompetencies aside, the lack of familiarity is most potently felt in the not knowing, or is most potently felt not in the not knowing, but in the not being known. Micah has yet to fart in front of our friends. Fahrenheit code mandates that you can't say someone really knows you until you aren't embarrassed to fart in front of them. I can't, I can't tell you how surprisingly difficult it is to be unfamiliar to those around you. After having been surrounded by those who knew me well for the last 10 years in Minnesota, it's definitely isolating. Just last week, a new friend I've made here texted me for advice regarding a personal issue, and I started crying. It had been two months since anyone had asked me for advice. My mom can tell by the sound of my voice how I'm doing. My U.S. friends know my favorite drink, how I take my coffee, and my pet peeves. My people not only know about my weekly triumphs and failures and my secrets of old, they also know what book I'm reading and probably recommended it. It's those kinds of little things that I took for granted in Minnesota. Being known is home. We are feeling grateful in this season as we're becoming familiar with the people and things of England. I've been so thankful for our neighbors who have had us over to their cozy home for dinner twice now and have helped us out of several pickles, one of which being our car just completely not starting at all and Roger having to drive us to the bus station for me to get to work at 6.40 in the morning. So, shout out to them. I'm thankful for my coworkers Jerry and Maria who make every day a joy. 
They feel like the English mom and Spanish sister I always needed. We're thankful, we're thankful for our Bible study and St. Matt's Church. They provided needed reminders that God is familiar when all else is not and being such welcoming new friends to us. I'm thankful for the few things I brought from home, for my dad's gray blanket, whose threadbare patches I know almost as well as the old man I stole it from. And speaking of things we brought from home, this is not part of the written blog, and Michael will be embarrassed that I said this probably, but he brought a stuffed anteater that I think his sister Krista gave him when he was in like seventh grade. No, when no. I was like before I went to school. Like when you were like four years old? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was that old. I've had that for a long time. Oh. Well, we did bring this stuffed anteater, and it sits on our bed every night, and we've cuddled it several times. <laughs> um, this Christmas, cherish familiarity. Don't be embarrassed by your need to cling to your gray blanket if you can't hug the person who gave it to you anymore. And don't neglect to invite someone new to your home. They might just be in desperate need of becoming known. That's it today, folks. Have a great Christmas. Happy Christmas from the Pharynx.